Hello! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Interabang. Welcome back, Michelle. Hi! Welcome back! First of all, I want to preface or start this by saying happy birthday! Yes, happy birthday. I don't think we're suggesting that Interabang was created two years ago. Interabang, I know that you, you know, In you fact, could have existed. actually quite belated. But, you could have um, existed. Uh, but terms prior to the start of our podcast. But and, and, and also, you know, Interbank could have also just started. So that too. You know, that too. Time is a bit wibbly wobbly. Time <laughs> But uh yes, our podcast has recently passed its two-year anniversary uh, over the summer, which feels different for me from, from last year after the one year anniversary, because that's like that's a solid amount of time. Feels like a definitely a significant chapter in my life. That, I, that I've been hanging out with Stephanie and you and Tara Bang in this specific kind of way with the podcast and sitting down and chatting and sharing music and everything. Yeah, it's been nice. It has been. Yeah. Um, I know we've earlier this year in a past episode, I can't remember what the name of it was, we did like do a little review of uh, the episodes we had recorded already. Um that didn't really seem to come up in planning today's episode. I think for us, where we're at, we just felt like acknowledging sure. the two-year mark. And uh, we had just a topic that kind of came up and, you know, different kind of music to share and go over. Like, I don't really feel a sense of aging. I sense more of a, a evolving. Sure. I was going to say like progression. Yeah. Progression. Yeah. Not really aging. Uh, it just has been two years. And yeah, during that time, I guess in my personal life, I've moved around, changed jobs, different people come in my life and things, but it's been nice to come and sit and, and yeah, chat with you, Stephanie, and hang out with hey, you. Hey, likewise. And yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. So looking forward to future future conversations and also... No, looking forward to but not in the same way of you know, the different moods or mindsets you might be in on recording but i know we've had uh all of the above and where we've been at indeed i i look forward years from now on looking back and seeing where this year will take us but we carry um, on we carry on forward we pick each other up you know we trudge forward sure and solidarity bit. solidarity and there you go uh yeah we we're starting off well, I think, with this session. We're starting to record in, you know, early afternoon uh, versus. It's a new. It's it's a it's a new for us. It's a new yeah. one. <laughs> so I'm definitely feeling a difference there versus uh, struggling to keep my eyes open and just trying to let Stephanie take the lead or something. Sure. And in, in fact, today, arguably, it's the other way around um, because I have no idea really of what this topic is other than a word that michelle has told me oh <laughs> so yeah let's get into it yeah so yeah i thought that i had uh recently was just kind of noticing the impact on different types of temporary barriers and i know that that can vary Global, you know, around the world, different cultural settings, but the ones that I'm specifically thought of were, you know, the barriers that are like 
by crime scenes, like the yellow caution tape or like mm-hmm. the red emergency or the, sometimes I think it's, um, it's that stretchy kind of plasticky material. It says like police do not cross. It's like a blue and white temporary tape that um, used in crime scenes or sometimes just security events. Uh, people will, you know, the police or law enforcement will drape around areas and section them off. And it's usually kind of haphazardly done, but it indicates that you're not allowed to cross the line and so yeah when you see and it's in, and it's kind of trickled into pop culture when you see that yellow caution tape or whatnot it's you kind of have a certain connotation so you have that and then you know you have the um when you're at the airport or public settings you have those like plastic it's actually made of kind of a similar material as car automobile seat belts they kind of that black plastic ribbon that would have you know so these so like the ribbon part is called a, a stanchion if you're interested about the official terms you have how do you spell this stanchion s-t-a-n-c-h-i-o-n okay so the stanchion is the i'm gonna call it like the connector part that's usually that strip of um plastic or, like, or those red velvet ropes, ropes. you see when you're like or going like to the opera plush carpets yeah red carpets so those are called stanchions and then you have those poles that are just bases are called bases so they have base, such an unoriginal name base and stanchion is okay. the connecting bit of whatever material the um, roped off bit okay yeah 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 so anyway, so there's the yellow caution tape or crime scene, emergency tape. There's the red velvet rope you see at usually at theater events, red carpet events. You have at the airport when you're getting in line for security um, or checking your luggage in, the more like the, pla- the black plasticky material that have the clip-in parts to the base, those different sections, and they get moved around. And then I was even thinking recently uh, at golf tournaments, you know, right on the putting green for spectators to sit or sorry just not to sit oh sorry stand around um oh that's a faux pas you're not invited to any golf tournaments heretofore but they have those like white stakes with like the thin white rope kind of place sure putting green or something nylon piece of string yeah exactly and i couldn't think of any others and terabang a few others might come to your mind please let us know but what about them michelle what about it i always had the idea like what about if you like what would it mean if you like swapped them like how different so would if you it have a like? red plush one for a golf tournament i think you just elevate the golf you would elevate it but what if you did the red velvet stanchions at a crime scene i mean it means the celebrities here <laughs> right celebrity murder kind yeah, of celebrity murder scene or something because they all indicate do not cross but i feel like they indicate do not cross to certain levels sure. of severity you know, uh, depends. I work in a manufacturing environment and we use the caution, um, not tape all the time, the, the one that's retractable, like in an airport, but it's the caution one. And I'm imagining if you put the red one there, um, that's all plush and velvet. I mean, I think people would get the same idea across. It would just look a, little, a bit more posh. Yeah. Um, but if you put a caution, a, a yellow caution tape in, um, you know, a red carpet event, I think people would think that you're about to start a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> horror movie that's just like weirdly stylized, but it's, it sounds a little bit cheap for what Quentin Tarantino tries to achieve. Sure. Or Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. You yeah. Know. 
Well, I did a little bit of history search because I was curious because since I've been growing up, I've always seen like the yellow caution tape in movies sure. and whatnot. So that didn't really come around. It's it's questioned of when that kind of originated, but seems to have come around the 1960s, which was hmm. when um, you know that kind of material could even be created from a right. material the, science. The plastic tape. Sorry. Yeah, that stretchy plastic tape. Uh, it's not super clear. I mean, there was something, some barriers used. They had those like wooden hurdle looking things that police might still use um like barricades to block roadways and things sure um, i mean traffic cones traffic cones so there was like not really a um you know regulator or yeah unified way prior to this yellow caution tape stretchy tape stuff to cordon uh, things off prior to the is 1960s. cordon not the name of the rope as well stanchion and cordon i don't know about cordon c-o-r-d-o-n maybe i think or perhaps it's like the james i'm looking at my phone real quick. oh yes um let me fill the empty space so i had always thought that that was the bit connecting the two posts um i'm not seeing if something if it. something is it's as a verb it's something that is being cordoned off oh maybe maybe it's a verb but yeah stanchion um, is I the thought it noun was both a noun and a verb but okay that's neither here nor there um yeah so cordon by definition is a noun uh and a verb sorry uh so the yeah, noun is a line or circle of police soldiers or guards preventing access to or from an area so um, it doesn't have to be just an inanimate thing it can be uh you know with people yes yeah, some kind of Barrier, I know like in, in concerts, barrier. you know, like sometimes in those uh, particularly animated ones, um, you have sometimes have security and they're holding hands in but order to make is... sure that people don't, um, they can't reach the performers. Yes, but cordon seems to be specifically tied to military and the police. Oh, okay. Yeah, not just a general type of... Just a inanimate barrier. Yeah, keeping people from a certain area. It's tied sure. to police or military activity. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, so that's cordon, that's C-O-R-D-O-N, good... C-O-R-D-O-N, another interesting word to learn. Yeah. Um, so I was saying, yeah, so it seems like it kind of came around the 1960s. Um, and I also kind of know like the, I remember learning, this was in like a university course about like more of like the modern hygiene understanding with microbiology but i believe it's called the locards exchange principle um there was um someone who was based in his french named locard and he was the director i think of like the world's first like proper like forensic lo- uh, crime laboratory okay. in the early 20th century and so massively cool job a little yeah so he's credited uh locard is credited with this exchange principle of indicating that like you know with um contamination um and so that's why they really started to employ this yellow tape because if you cross under it you could contaminate a crime scene with microscopic materials your hair clothing fibers sure. footprints and so that was kind of coupled with this uh, stricter policy and adherence to having this you know yellow caution tape because if you cross it that's what you know if, if you're a pedestrian a passerby you're really like legally not able you can to mess go up through the, there because yeah, you the evidence. Yeah. the evidence in crime scene. And so it's kind of cool to see how that was really cemented together and fused with this understanding with um, 
So yeah, the origin micro- was for a criminology, um, you know, mm-hmm. detective work. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then, but surely, you know, when, when the king came to town, how did they, you know, kind of prevent people from overcrowding the carriages and, and things like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that did was, they just yeah. have guards or what? They uh, guards. Did they have any inanimate things that didn't require as many people? I presume kind of... so. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, they've had those kind of temporary gates or those wooden hurdle looking things that are sometimes still used. Like you said, cones or some kind of types of things, but just that material, that stretchy caution tape and that being really utilized with more of the modern understanding of microbiology and microscopic So this materials. low card guy is from the 1960s? No, before, like before the theory, okay. but it was just that's what helped popularize the usage I see, of okay. like yellow caution tape. Is okay. kind of what my remembrance of Lacard and like checking the history today of like when it was kind of cool. first used. But anyway, so so why yeah. why yellow? Did they did you look into why? Yeah, that's a visual. Yellow and thing. black seems to be a very it's yellow caution iconic. tape for the same reason that school buses are yellow. It's the same shade of yellow typically. But why? Because it draws attention for you to stop what you're doing and like like physically stop in your tracks and like understand this is something that you need to have like a certain distance around. Like in school buses, it's yellow because it's like that solid yellow. Um, it's like, it's like a it's like a golden yellow. It's not quite like a highlighter or pure yellow. I'd say. Typically, it's supposed to be closer to a pure yellow, like the tape, but it can be okay. faded and whatnot. But it's the idea of like, when you see a school bus, because there's children coming in and out, like safety, you just stop what you're doing. But and why not like highlighter yellow, like neon? I'm sorry. Doesn't have I'm the same railing. No, they did several visual science studies about this and determined that that type of shade of yellow. So that's why, that's why it's used for construction hard hats. Sure. To show visibility and like safety and protection okay. so that, you know, supervisors could check out in the field that people were protected and using the safety equipment outdoors because there's all these different colors and textures you might see on a construction site so yellow hard hats um caution tape um the oftentimes like um like the like the uh, oxygen masks uh, from the airplane sure right Um, yellow the the part you put on your mouth so it's just it's very salient and it just kind of makes you focus of like this is a special item piece a lot of times like a pull tab for like a life jacket or like a whistle or something can be yellow. Sure. That shade of yellow school buses. And I guess you don't come across um, colorblind difficulties if it's red, you know, because more people are more red the color blind than yellow, blue yeah. colorblind or yellow purple. Yeah. Sorry. Um, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's a color visual science thing there. But yeah, my thinking was like these different types of temporary barriers that control like human flow of movement and yeah if you kind of swap different things or like you know different materials i was thinking of like if you like little cactus stanchions or something that would like make you want to have distance from it or like i remember i you're essentially just describing natural barbed wire there's barbed wire electric (laughs) fences sure really do it Electric fences, I think, are interesting, too, because they're very hard to see. Oh, yes, because um, they're cause quite it's a, thin, It's a thin they? wire. And they don't, they're not particularly barbed. In fact, no. there is no barb. You rely so on a sign next to it that says, you, just, you know, warning. They look pretty normal until you touch them and you realize there's a live wire. Yep. And um, you realize it not by going, huh, 
you realize by going ow so i have never been massively close to an electric wire fence or anything what happens when it rains is it the same principle as like a bird sitting on a telephone pole like because yeah. they're not touching the ground directly it's yes. okay yep okay so sometimes when they break and they're in different sections right and different fences have different kind of safety measures of if because like i've had incidences um i've seen like where a section will snap off a wire will be on the ground mm. Um, and for exactly what you're saying, it could be a big safety and affect the whole fence line. Mm-hmm. Um, but at certain junction points, they do have uh, mechanisms to help mm. prevent it from all being connected. Um, and I assume that there are parallel, like it's a parallel circuit, not just a series circuit, right? Because it sounds like it's so. a problem just security wise if a series. So to the casual listener, if you're not an electrical minded yes, individual yeah, a idea. serious a serious circuit is um you have i guess you know your all your stuff in a row and that's the power source your light bulb perhaps a resistor um mm-hmm. and maybe another light bulb right um and so if light bulb a goes down light bulb b will not work yeah, it's a um, single path of connectivity it has right. to go and so the, the current flow has to be light all bulb in that way. b is connected to the power source via light bulb A, um, mm-hmm. then it will not um, turn on if light bulb A is not working. Similarly, if light bulb B doesn't work, then light bulb A also doesn't work um, yeah. because you need all the elements to, to work together. Now, a parallel circuit, um, the, the path from the power source diverges into light bulb A and light bulb B, but they're two separate pathways. So for light bulb A to touch the power source and come back and make a closed circuit, um, it does not require light bulb B and vice versa. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, can, it can like, turn on individually. There's more pathways for the current to flow. It's connected more across systems versus all it's, one. Yeah. Um, so because of that like diversion, um, they become independent circuits effectively. And uh, if one goes yeah. down, the other light bulb can still function. So a little, yes. little fun electrical. You can think of like Christmas lights, tutorial. like a visual representation. You know, well, like if uh, if it's all in series or something, and one light goes out, then the whole section can go out. Versus, sure. the, uh, sometimes Christmas lights, or oftentimes, you know, they'll have the different wiring be parallel. So if one goes sometimes. out, it won't affect the whole. Depends whole house. how cheap you go. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that helps. Yeah, because you can actually see a light. The lights going on or not on, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, good. No good. Good call to explain that because basic electronic principles there. Fun times. <laughs> but back to tape. Um, so I guess I presume that tape was used because it's easy, it's portable, it's foldable. Um, you know, it's very uh, expendable. Like if, if it breaks, you can just get some more. It's not an expensive thing to deploy. Is that correct? Yeah. So why velvet? Do you, have you looked into why velvet? Um, you know, those ropes are often not just a piece of ribbon. It's like a plush thing. It's like a tube almost. Well, that's, that's um, a much older method. And so it's reusable and it's nice looking. And why that, why that shade of red? Um, you know, you always associate red carpets with these uh, mm-hmm. red stanchions. Is it just so that they can be matchy matchy? Or is it, uh, is red velvet meant to connote 
like why does it connote such a rich feel even though purple was typically like the royal color royal but you color. never hear of like a purple carpet when the royals are walking you always hear red carpet you think I red think capes. because because red is more of a special unique red dye you know um in like earlier european times because like that cochineal be- beetle dye from the south american colonies like is it's that a, red or is it purple that was red okay so minor saying is that red signifies that it's pretty special and rare um but why to, that migration from purple to red so i this is totally me just speculating my like yeah. about idea I mean, so for me a no red idea. carpet is something that's temporary unique and special not the day-to-day elite maybe it would be more purple shades um it's something that's... i thought purple is also for like special events but i don't ever see the queen I don't of england know. do red but maybe that's because england's main colors are white and red you know mm-hmm. or, or the uk i suppose blue white and red um that's a but good like question. the kremlin the kremlin's carpet car- like it's red history of red carpet right um let me google do a quick google right now so I'm looking at this BBC culture article okay. and it says that a path of dark tapestries, it kind of dates all the way back to ancient Greece when Aeschylus play, played Agamemnon and there was, you know, something about the Trojan War and the king hesitates to walk on a crimson path because he's mortal man, not a god. So I guess it's a very like godly thing. And um, and then Satan Renaissance art, red carps and rugs um, are usually appear you know from like oriental origin and intricately patterned in style um so red has been long associated with like prestige royalty and aristocracy yeah and then it does mention that cochineal or carmine dye and um that the aztec and mayan people used in the americas and um yeah apparently james monroe <laughs> walked on a red carpet <laughs> Um, when he was just deboarding a pl- uh, a boat, the plane. <laughs> uh, you know, he was uh, deboarding his boat plane from Georgetown. James um, Monroe is uh, one of the U.S. presidents, I think. Founding father, yeah. U.S. president. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's late, to, late, Quincy late, seven, late seventeen hundred. Also, a big Constitution writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they had it for like, like you said, planes, New York Central Railroad. Um, and then in t- the 1920s is kind of when it rolled out really in Hollywood. Uh, and I think in 1922, they were premiering the Robin Hood movie and um, Clark Gable, Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly, they all walked on this red carpet. And, you know, then they did that for the Academy Awards in like the 1960s. And, you know, then now it's kind of made history as it became more um you know actor star based so that's an interesting origin i suppose like it, it, like you said it was because of the dye um and it had some you know asian origins as well with like the the woven tapestries and carpets yes, yes. um More the like the, the pattern stuff but i wonder why people don't roll out the patterned carpets cuz you know you think that would be more expensive yeah. Um, to have like that properly woven uh, with like intricate patterns it might be just too expensive 
Come on. They can so well, screen print see, everything these days. Because you just, you can see, I mean, the red carpets at Hollywood premieres, I mean, they're huge areas. Like I know, but areas, like so. you've seen those dresses that those designers make. Like some of you know them, they just is? kind of screen you know print things. Because it wouldn't go well with people's outfits. It'd be a clash. It'd be a disaster for the fashion. Nah, come on. Yeah, if there was a patterned rug, that if would completely you, but, alter but if you make it like red carpets i mean but that could be a thing that you could do for what's it called the met gala you yeah, know they how, change, and they change the stair color rug on the met gala each year just, i'm sure there should be a variety of red carpets not just a standard um yes but i digress very far from um little temporary bit, yeah. barriers <laughs> i was okay. just very curious since you know we've we've explored the the, the yellow stretchy dispensable caution tape with the reasonable um red it's kind of almost a very different color it is a very different color but almost a polar opposite of, of the dispensable tape mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, where i was going with all this was thinking also about the word q like line oh yes like q u e u e yeah q u e u e it's very french in that but way. if you're saying well it is french i mean because q right, means, right but um, q means tail in french that's where it comes from and then is that why the letter q has a little tail mm-hmm. yeah the, so which came first uh, the the word um q u e u e or the letter i mean the letters have came, to be the word i think first, the letter right? came a little bit uh over from i can't remember if it was um uh because it's yeah it started with a i think a hebrew character um of like a phoenician equivalent um to kind of combine the sound of like a k sound okay um but then, then why not just and use then it was combined it was combined K's. with you it was it was kind of a letter that was combined with a few other characters okay and this would be kind of like anglo-saxon era scribe work so they would be doing stuff i believe that was combining like c or ku um or c or k with w and then um i think it was like the 12 or 1300s when i remember from i took french class we, we learned about this um that it became a q what we know a letter q and a u in like the 12 or 1300s by um so how did they by the call, French and the Normans and then how did they I, call queens at that time? Because like the French word for queen is reina, or I'm thinking Spanish. Yeah, reina and reina for um, yeah. But um, how did how did we get the word like king and queen? Do you know? The English borrowed it from both the French and the Scottish had something too. The okay. Northern dialects had something um, with a. Q-U so I'm trying thing. to think of my knowledge of Scandinavian languages, and I can't recall at the top of my head very many that begin with or that have Q. There's a lot of K's in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't remember a single word that has a Q in it. Um, which is yeah. So I I was surprised when you said Scottish. Yeah, I think at one terms of how it became part of the English language. Right, so right. Like, English borrowed it from the North. Like right, Scotland, but usually and, the and Scottish, Scottish people were from the mm-hmm. Nor- Nordic countries. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Um, and so the word Q, meaning line, 
mm-hmm. referred to tail, um, which I think is very interesting because I never really thought of a line as a tail, but it kind of is because it kind of like can <laughs> go around. A like the head's a very building, short part, but the cue's or... the, the longest portion. Yeah, of it. and I think um, so in many ways it's a snake. You know, you're lining up for snake. that very small head. <laughs> Yeah, because then I was also remembering like C-A-U-D-A, like cauda, cauda, which is Latin. Okay. I think also means also means like end of something. Like Yeah, like 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 a coda, you know, in music mm-hmm. terms. You yeah. Know, it's kind of yeah. like a pause before you go continue to the next bit. Yeah, yeah. Um so anyways, the word Q and then I know, but like the word Q itself meaning there's always the word line has kind of always existed and i also thought the word sure. i also thought the word curly q yeah which is which is the english word yeah because um, that combined it's a, i mean curly q i didn't realize it was a single it's word. like a loop-de-loop i didn't know it's a single word oh it's not hyphenated no it's c-u-r-l-i-c-u-e L-I. i didn't know that verbing. yeah so it combines the word curly that throws me off. English word curly and hue, which means tail. Sure. Um, you know, C U E is a, a, a and English modification. Official of, definition of a curly cue. I think I have a sense of it, but it's it's yeah, it's literally curly, a curly tail. Okay, so like a pig. It's a, com- it's a you compound would word. Describe it's, their yeah. tail as a curly it's a compound, cue. Compound word, yeah. Okay. But I guess you always hear curly cue. You have a curly cue in your mustache, your facial okay, hair, or sure. a, like a literal pig's tail that is curly cue. Curly cue on the letter Q. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. It's a little doohickey flourish. kind of thing. Full yeah, flourish. Yeah. So I didn't know it was one word, but I, I just, I mm. was like, I guess that would apply with curly cue because it's literally Q plus the word curly, um, which is correct. Yeah. It's a English. But so when did it become Q U? E-U-E to C-U-E because now we've, we're getting into like barbecue was, territory and then like BBQ. That was the English. Like I said, it seems okay. that the English took a lot of liberties because like they were borrowing from different right. languages. So I was just thinking of the word Q line because we know, yeah, enter the Q. Um, you know, going, and I feel like you the phrase of enter the Q, fall into the Q and you think of like waiting in line for Disneyland or you think of we have now like computer programming and things of like oh it's in the queue it's coming you know the next item is coming up in the queue it's loading up loading up that's more of a modern term to in my opinion and so I was looking up to see if that's yeah if that is true and that it is um so it started with called something called queuing theory mm-hmm. uh also is that early- why the word's kind of like a query Sometimes query yes where query from comes the from Q-E-E as a search of yeah yeah so queuing theory was uh, a mathematical idea to, to help with um the telephone exchange i think in oh okay copenhagen in the early 20th century so this is you know more of a modern technology idea mm-hmm. um and it was uh yes a, a certain danish engineer i had written down their name um agner krarup erlang Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this person worked for the Copenhagen Telephone Exchange and was wanting to optimize operations. So backing, going back to the circuit discussion, kind of had a little bit earlier, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wanting to look at you know levels of telephone service and trying to avoid for people to be stuck about being on hold 
um, mm-hmm. which he kind of called being in a telephone queue. They're sure. in a queue waiting to be connected to right. someone and trying to determine the best setup for how many different telephone operators to have to answer calls. And um, so we kind of started with this telephone service and then it kind of went from there. Um, and so we kind of developed and translated to just like lines, um, you know, a line of people waiting and, and whatnot. So I thought that was neat. And I also was just thinking like, you know, just in general with these temporary lines, like sometimes you can like, it's like the worst when you're in the airport or something and you have, you see this huge zigzag maze to go through sure. and, and cause they anticipate bigger crowds at a rush in two hours from that time. And you're like, can I please just cut through? But you, <sighs> yes. But you don't, it's, it kind of feels like you kind of feel like you're a cheating a little bit. Free will versus determinism. You definitely feel like a like a lab rat sometimes. You know, oh, when yes. you have to like, I guess I'm gonna walk through this, or do I want to be bold and try to like lever my legs over or duck underneath with my bags or like sure try to figure out like oh I know better than this setup and then doesn't go well or it does go well. So I was also just kind of laughing at that of how incredible because it's just a simple, it's the base, the little stanchion bit. It, it's not. Typically, not electric wire. It's very, it's very uh, pragmatically surmountable. Like you yeah. can just jump over them usually, you can ju- you can pick or them at up. least go They're underneath them. They're not you know, used you can walk to the over them. There's many ways to get around them if you well, don't you care don't. about social convention. Because it's social conventions and protocol that you don't just move those. Around. They're there for a reason, uh, for the to help direct the general flow of traffic, whatever that event, whatever's taking place. I just thought that was cute. I'm always just fascinated like, when you kind of like are like uh, in a balcony position, you can look down and see all the little people funneling through, you know, going and filling up the little rows. It comes like a little video game, like the or like the snake. Sure. Uh, what's that? Isn't snake? Yeah, it's snake. And then there's the Nokia, um, you know, like where you eat one and then it gets a segment longer. And, and then... you're having to move on a grid system. Sure. Because you think of like cues, like waiting as like, an, like a dance nightclub or something, uh, uh, you know, discotheque you know people around the block outside sure and sometimes they're waiting for admission or you're talking about barbecue i know in texas barbecue is super popular sure so you're waiting in a queue for the barbecue um and you're gonna share something real quick but i was just thinking like sometimes they don't have they don't have those official little barriers people still form a queue or a line and i guess it kind of allows well that's because you know the polite thing to do otherwise you'd have you know more chaos and order which happens at some places people just kind of huddle you know they beehive around the Absolute counter anarchy yeah so it's a i i'm just wondering if it's before, a social convention yeah before all this like actual lines and stuff did, did people naturally kind of develop making a line even though they didn't have as much of a use of these different tapes and barriers and things i don't know also back then in older times i think it depends on like the organizer who's giving out that desired item you know do they just sell to the loudest person or do they sell to the first come first serve you know well i think with that you're getting into like the vip access group stuff i'm sure sure that i'm sure that always existed depending on who was higher class or had more money or sure closer connections who had what connections yeah yeah so that was what i was thinking of about cues and materials that form cues and history of the uh-huh. word cue and letter cue sociology and, of the actual line yeah. cue yeah and how it's used in different different ways in the english fun 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 musings all around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um more of the musings i had involve 
uh, today's music list. Mm, great. Go over transition. Thank you. I guess there's three different sections, no particular order. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just, yes, yeah, so these are kind of songs that I've been listening to um, in the past few weeks. And um, I just kind of identified, maybe I listened to one song and identified or remembered similarities in other songs, whether it was from a direct sample or a similar specific sound used or just a similar sound in general. And so Stephanie and I were going through these before we were recording Terabang and um, kind of picked these different sections. Um, I was quite intrigued by the last oh, really? section. Yes. The last section. Yeah. The se- I- second and last section, I think, captured my interest the most. Yeah. Even though I'm most familiar with the songs in the first section, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the first section, um, I will try to think of best to organize this. So the first section, this is about just, uh, it starts with the recent song by Ellie Golding featuring Big Sean called Easy Lover. It came out a few months ago or so. And listening to it, I was immediately reminded of Ellie Golding's song Lights that came out about 10 years ago, uh, which kind of made sense because it's that style of song and, you know, the key it's in and the certain feel the way of the her song voice plays with matches like the, her voice the beats well. and the yeah, it, it flatters her voice and her singing style. So it's like, oh, that makes sense um, that they kind of did something in sweet there. Um, and then just from there, though, certain snippets of Easy Lover reminded me of other pop songs. So uh, right after the chorus of Easy Lover, there's kind of a background singer singing some melodies together, like oohs and slight, ahs. Slight choral effect. Yeah, choral effect, perfectly sad. And that reminded me of a very specific section. It's uh, very specific. <laughs> it was like a five second section. I don't know why. Um, but it's so I'm hearing easy lover and I had to like replay these little snippets over and over until I can like figure out like where am I why is this hitting that because it just hits like a small button. segments yeah it's just hitting something in my brain that I can't let go I'm like there's I'm it's echoing something so this choral section at the end of the chorus and easy lover sounded a lot like the very beginning of the music video for Ariana Grande's No Tears Left to Cry. It's not the recorded version, but in the music video before she starts to sing her solo to introduce a song there's a choral part so we will include the music video link because i don't believe it's included in the spotify it's kind of disappointing that they don't include it for like the radio release i understand for the radio release stuff they usually want to make it snappier shorter so they usually cut out you know like the quote-unquote non-essential bits but i think it kind of adds to the atmosphere oh i much prefer it because it's a nice like a overarching orchestral ocean of voices sure. and then her powerful vocals pop kind of out. shines through yeah yeah but in the it's like you're trying to like locate like rotate like a sundial or like a kaleidoscope and then well, it's like it's like, like a sea of orchestra orchestral music and then like her voice kind of boom. pierces through like just, a, yeah exactly um lighthouse beam exactly exactly there actually is a lighthouse in that music video oh i didn't even realize no 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 <laughs> no that's in god is a woman Oh, great. Same album, though. Um, so anyways, it was that snippet. And like I said, it reminded me, the whole song in general reminded me a little bit of Lights that Ellie Golding did about 10 years earlier. And then part of the chorus of Easy Lover reminded me of some of kind of the bass beat line of Electric Feel by MGMT. And Stephanie uh, Yeah, to this. So I didn't know that MGMT 
made the song before. I thought it was always a Henry Green song that and this Kygo hurt. And this had hurt remixed. a little bit because we've been over MGMT in a previous episode. Okay, usually when I listen to music, I don't necessarily look at the music video or any of like the credits. So if I even know the title of it, that's already a huge achievement. <laughs> right, so, but I said, but we covered them in a, the song in a, already in a previous episode on our playlist. Sure, sure, but it doesn't mean I go out and listen to their entire discography. Like I respect them and appreciate them, and I acknowledge that I have more to learn. But it was this song? But <laughs> sorry, I'm just hung up. Was it? Like... Was it really the song? I didn't even realize. See, yeah. like I said, it's... for me to even remember yeah. that, yeah, it's you know, fine. <laughs> especially with like Kago when he in his early days when he's like remixed a bunch of songs. I just kind of it's it washes over me like a, a sea of songs. I don't really necessarily mm. know their names. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it happens. Um, so it was, I guess, fairly only today that i put together that the song name is the same as the song name and yeah, the way we they actually sound the same this one time to pretend in kids this is like our nostalgia i don't know what nostalgia time to is but i remember playlists yeah anyways um, so either i think they're both great songs i agree that mgmt ones is punchier um and kygo's is just more you know like tropical beats chill vibes and michelle maintains that it ruins it um kygo's version but i wonder if i quite like it because it's the first version that i had heard so to me it's you know it's sentimental i think it still sounds nice Mm -hmm. i think there's value to both of them you know oh yeah two for different you know you might like yeah it was just my preference sure yeah just very, um, different, diff- very different let us know which one you like or if you also know a third version uh, i'm oh, sure yeah. there are many out There's there plenty it's, of it's kind of fun for me to to get the ones that not just sound the same but like uh the artist has taken it and twisted it into a whole different new song but still maintains like the title um, i'm intrigued by those particularly which yeah. brings us to our next section yeah so the next section was uh, section of, of sampling pretty much yeah so things that I identified and there might be more I didn't make the effort of like researching because there could totally be more um, this has just been my journey um, so there's this song called Small Town Boy by I think they're British uh, called Bronski Beat it's a song from the 80s mm-hmm. and yeah I, I just uh, I kind of learned about it through other like popular 80s pop music like aha or flock of seagulls or etc like that um but yeah you probably the the intro beat is quite popular recognizable well, uh, recognizable yeah um and so i i had to heard that time and time like growing up but then it was really this is kind of the start of like youtube or online videos and also early music 2000s. records mid-2000s things yeah so um a group called September released Cry for You in 2008 and around the same time I discovered uh the song Tell Me Why by Supermode who were by the same uh Swedish DJs who later formed Swedish House Mafia which may ring different bells for you in Bay. Don't, Don't worry know. child. Yes, They're things like that. I think yeah, their names were uh Steve Angelo and Axwell were their names. Um but yeah, but they used to be in a group called Super Mode. So Super Modes, Tell Me Why came out in 2006. And then Cry For You came out 
by the group September a few years later. And then just to finish the timeline, a few months ago, the pop artist Charlie XCX uh, came out with a song on her album uh, called Beg For You. And it was featuring Rina uh, Sawayama. And so I liked it. We were going over this with Stephanie uh, and before the episode. So started out with Small Town Boy. But to me, Tell Me Why by Super Mode really is more of the launch pad for not just Cry For You and Beg For You, but just it's a common piece that's sampled in current, even today's like current DJ sets. We were it's very EDM-y. And I, I mean, I don't know. Is that the right term? <laughs> the right genre? Yeah, yeah. And um, and I kind of liked it because the, the titles of the, of the newer songs um you know are parts from or you know parts of the lyrics in the original small town boy or not necessarily so it's neat to see what snippets from small town boy they took into these songs and where when they where and how much they decided to integrate that really recognizable beat sound and where they diverted also is kind uh of interesting like what they chose to keep versus what they chose to you know um fill in with other you know newer original components absolutely so i thought that was a i I always have interest in yes sampled sounds like that especially when it crosses over into different genres and i love the evolution yeah just tracking tracking the you know this is before this is current this is you know what they're trying to make it somewhat futuristic or acoustic or um you know what their different takes on it will be so that's cool yeah yeah so well i think that i'll be able to be added to the spotify playlist and then the third and final section for music was me just picking up on this very specific um, a sound effect using a synth, kind of the, the instrument tool for EDM, pop, techno music. And I think Seth, I figured out how to describe it. It sounds, depending on what pitch you use, uh, but it sounds like when there's like a metallic fan spinning uh, specifically like metallic to me and then it's you turn off the power and you're trying to stop it like with your hand by like whacking the ceiling with the fan blade so it's like a and it slows down um that and then stephanie you had a good example it's like you're spinning like not the wheel of fortune but like the vertical one and then there's like that um little rubber plasticky rubber thing that um hits against the pegs of those spinning that spinning wheel and um, as it's hitting like those bits, um, it's you know it's incrementally slowing it down, but you do get that repetitive sense of um, well the beats, um, but also like that tone. Um, sometimes it changes, yeah. sometimes it stays the same monotonously. Um, yeah, I like it because it kind of makes me feel like someone's like blowing in the back of your neck in a way. Like, kind of makes your kind of hair stand up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or so I know I try to do some research in how this sound could be achieved um, on a synth system. I think it's kind of using a lower frequency oscillator and like a saw wavelength form. Sawtooth, yeah. Yeah. And then um, it's like a plucking sound that just you just really slow out using like a triangle function, like slow down when it stops so it's like the plug so it's a very intentional sound right is like what you're telling yes. me like it has to be modulated it's not a natural yes. sound that comes nope. about 
like even the even the analogies that we've used with the the hand on the fan and the um the the, the spinning wheel those yeah. are not completely analogous to the sound effect no. that you're describing yeah so it just has stood out to me and i'm just i think it's just so cool the sounds we're able to achieve through electronic music because of the different mm-hmm. systems and we can kind of create these artificial sounds i think it's just so cool and because they they sound alien but also partially like real world like, mm-hmm. I, like you know it's like it was alien but i was able to try to compare it to sounds i've experienced we've experienced in the real world so it's cool so the three songs and i know there's probably more but it seems like it's a newer sound a bit so the first i think it was from 2019 it's a song by flume which oftentimes their sound is similar to to me it's kind of a kind of ethereal mechanical ethereal metallic noise but it's called spring it's by flume in a prom and uh it's not the most dancey song but to me the piece is beautiful to listen to from like a sound engineering standpoint because they really tinker with this effect and a few other effects too so i think it's really cool to see where they go with it. it isn't yeah i mean the cohesion of the song is a little bit different than what you might be used to but i think it's a really cool auditory exploration of this sound effect it's kind of meditative too in the sense that and it's not necessarily i'm not saying meditative in like a peaceful sense necessarily but like you can concentrate on how the sound works yes you know um and you can focus on you know like when you meditate you're supposed to focus on like your breathing or something that's steady or constant and you can kind of focus on the beats and and the different aspects of what spring is offering yes absolutely so uh there's spring by flume and then i also noticed it i've been revisiting uh stromay's recent album that we talked about earlier this year after him coming back from hiatus and I was actually totally correct when it came out. I said, I think this will be good for like a September sound. And it really has been. I've really enjoyed it. Like, um, cause you know, it's early fall, late summer right now. So I've really sure. enjoyed it the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's just fitting really well. And I'm really appreciating, I already did, but I'm really appreciating the different sounds he was playing with and that within one of his songs, yeah. La Fair, he puts it um, at the beginning of the chorus. It's um, really, I think it's well used. I think it's very uh, well applied. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely well applied. Cause it's just a, it's just a subtle bit to enhance the intensity of the weight. Cause that's right. When he says lawn fair, the title of the song. Uh, the, it makes uh, it, course. I think it elevates it to like a surreal level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just really kind of penetrate through your core of what he's, it's like that very deep impactful pop that he tends to, to go towards. Which is not a phrase you usually hear deep impactful pop. Usually pop is yeah, more superficial feeling, but yeah. that's interesting that you phrased it as such. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And then the the last song, this is our closing out song as well in Turbing. It is titled The Last Goodbye. And you know we go on a banger sometimes. <laughs> this one yes. is a banger. Stephanie, is- Stephanie definitely voted for this to be the last, yes. uh, last for this episode. So it is by a group called Odessa. O-D-E-S-Z-A, and they're featuring the vocals from uh, Betty Lovett's, I think, 1960s, 1965 song, Let Me Down Easy. So they, fe- they took the vocals from that recording, and the song is called The Last Goodbye, and they kind of, it's a slower build, more ethereal, atmospheric, and using just her kind of isolated vocals, 
with a few ambient noises in the back and then um, the the main beat drop uses the specific sound. With this like thrumming um, rhythmic sound effect thing. Yes. I don't know what to call it. I got It needs to be punchier than what we've just said. Like that's a very verbose description. It kind of to me has the same effect. And this is maybe a stretch. I don't know if I'm trying to be able to listen to these songs. The sound noise of, of Predator that has this like, I can't even do that clicking, like that back of the throat <laughs> clicking noise sure. where it's really deep feeling. And it kind of made me it's very percussive for sure. Have that somatic response of like, whoa, like, yes, kind of back of the hairs, back of my neck, standing up, like heightened special response yeah i said the word metallic because it's like very crisp cleaner mechanically sound i wouldn't call it wooden it's not dull by any means but it's i think metallic to me i'm thinking like a triangle and it's not that high pitched (laughs) right um but somewhere in between there (laughs) so give it a listen let us know your thoughts like we have three different kind of sections of songs i don't know how well they'll flow together but I mean, it kind of it kind of radiates off of each other. Radi- you know? Yep, yep. Good word there. And so that is what we have for today's episode. It was I had fun. It's Thanks. been a while, but I'm glad we've we've had this. And yeah, it's it's been great. Thanks, Stephanie, for looking up those things uh, on a whim. Yeah, yeah. and uh, thanks cool for thanks for the songs. Yes, and the topics. All right, Interbang. Let us know if you've got any. Um, new topics that you'd like us to, to yes. venture on musics your thoughts anything um and uh yeah have a great following week and uh happy two-year anniversary again yeah looking forward to the next time take care bye <laughs> bye